Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the two guys in a mic show, TalkZone.com. The coach and the big dog back at you right up until 11 o'clock here on the 24-7 network known as the TalkZone.com. we got plenty of sports to talk about, lots. Of, we, we thought once the football season ended, we thought, oh boy, we might have a little bit of a slow time. You know, March Madness is still off in the distance. There are things popping, there are things hopping in the sports world. We'll jump off the sports page as well, but things be a-cooking. Both here in Chicago and nationally, plenty to talk about. Dog and a coach will do that. We can do it with you. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. The phone number, a little bit of the Talk Zone's Grammy Award-winning music. And then the discussion begins. Actually, I got a little bit carried away. You know, truth in advertising is not really Grammy Award winning. We say it probably should be. If there was a category for top sports music during the intro of radio sports internet programs, I got to believe that would be in the top five or six. But at any rate, it's the big dog and the coach bringing it to you here. And again, the phone lines will be open throughout the show, 888-463-6748. Our Facebook page leads off today. With the question, dog sanity or Lynn sanity? You make the call. I'm going with the big dog. As big as Jeremy Lynn is, big dog, if I have to choose between the two of you, I'm still going with you, my friend. Well, I, I got to tell you something. Uh, Jeremy Lynn pretty much says the perfect thing to say to, to reporters whenever he's asking questions. So it, 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 even though that's smart and he doesn't speak in cliché, I still think that you would rather have me because, quite honestly, it's not very entertaining. He says the perfect thing. You know what I mean? It's beyond coach speak. Remember how we used to have coach speak? Yeah. And you would, and you would, we would, I would predict, we would, you know, my friends, we do it at the house. After I started doing it on the show, like, right when a coach is asked something, we hit, we hit the pause button <laughs> on the TV, and then I'll say what he says. Yeah. And I'll get it almost exactly like word for word. Yeah, well, we're just going to play this one one game at a time. We gave 100% today, and we're just happy to get out of here with a win. When I was open, I took the shot. More? We just actually said some. Was there, was there any cliches that I said in there? Not really. It was definitely not cliche. It's a little bit. The little bit I've heard a, him speak. But bit. more yeah, than the words, right. Big Dog, more than the words, what struck out to me the last couple of nights, including last night when the crowd is cheering his name and going nuts, is the just the, the wonder, the amazement. The joy, it's its part joy, it's part shock, it's part wonder, but the look in his eyes, the body language, he just can't believe. When you think of it two weeks ago, nobody knew who the guy was, and now in a short two-week span, he has become an international sensation. That's a whole lot coming out of a kid who's, how old is he, about 21 years old? Uh, he's got to be older than that because he graduated from Harvard. So we'll say he was 22 when he graduated from mm-hmm. there. Okay. I would say 
I would put his age at either 23 or 24 because he's in his second year in the NBA. All right, but think about it. And, again, you know, NBA player, and he was a star at Harvard, so he had some notoriety. It's not that he's not used to it, but still, for the most part, people didn't recognize him. Nobody knew who he was, and this is as little as two weeks ago. In a two-week period, the guy has become not national but international sensation, and, and people at Madison Square Garden shouting his name, Pictures all over the place. That's a whole lot to take in in a very short period of time for 23-year-old Jeremy McGuellin. Well, let me, let me let me throw this out there right now. Think of the same exact story. So, Asian kid from Harvard gets a chance, and he grabs it by the throat, and he turns around, and it's a, a struggling team that some people thought were going to be decent at the beginning of the year, and all of a sudden they win seven games in a row. Same exact story, Coach. Okay, but it happens in San Antonio. Okay, how long? It was game number two, and I knew who Jeremy Lin was. Lin was. It was blown out of my mind. Okay, I'm not ripping the kid at all, but all this happens, and it happens in New York, the media center of the world. I mean, I, I, it's just it just cracks me up how this story, every possible thing that can make this story bigger, has made the story bigger. It's like. It's like, uh, you know, you open up one thing and two things hatch, and those two things, four things hatch, and then eight, and that, that's what it feels like with Jeremy Lin right now. Guy scores 10 points last night, only shot the ball six times, though. That was good to see four or six from the field, 13 assists, many of the acrobatic, amazing variety, a bunch of them on lobs to uh, Stoudemire and Tyson Chandler and I believe Landry Fields. Is that the kid out of Purdue? No, that's Carl yeah, Landry. Yeah. No, Carl. No, 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 the Landry Fields isn't out of Purdue, but he's um. I like he that. He's out of a West Coast team. UCLA. Yeah, and I got before Linsanity came. I got Landry Mania because when the Bulls played the Knicks, I never knew who Landry Fields was either, and I watched him play, and I'm like, you know what? This guy's pretty good. I like the cut yeah. of his jib. So I got a little, I got a little Landry Fields mania in me too. But he was lobbing the ball up. Another great game for those uh, fans that didn't follow it last night. Ten points, thirteen assists. More importantly, the New York Knicks did win the game. And I think the answer to your question is pretty simple, Big Dog. In San Antonio, it would still be a big story. But absolutely, the fact that it's in the Big Apple in New York uh, magnifies it maybe three, four times. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so cool. And then. Uh, yesterday they're showing, like, my, my guys are cracking up. I think I pointed this out to you and a couple other people. After every game, they always show them being interviewed. Well, in the crowd, there's always a crowd of people there with, like, wind, like, shirts and signs. Well, every game is getting bigger. Yesterday, they showed it right behind them in the crowd. I am not kidding you. At least 250 Asian people in the crowd right behind Jeremy Lin, like, screaming and hugging and, like, it was awesome, coach. It was just unbelievable. Like, these people, like, are in tears behind the guy, how happy they are. Can you imagine if this was, if this was, like, mid-September and Halloween was about a month away? Can you imagine the Halloween stores quickly putting their orders in? Somebody make up the Jeremy Lin costume. Jeremy Lin, if it was that time of year, Big Dog would blow out every other costume as the number one. I might have Halloween during, uh, you know, February Halloween and just knock on doors going around as Jeremy Lin. (laughs) Well, it's every six months you could have like the half Halloween, so that would have it would be yeah. April thirty first mm-hmm. or April thirtieth of this year. There you it go. There is no April. If there was an April thirty first this year, it would be kind of spooky. Yeah, and if I wasn't Jeremy Lin, by the way, and this is why I'm so caught up in the whole dog sanity thing, and uh, you know, uh, I watched the this year man tape again, and it's one of those tapes, David, like great 
books like great movies that get better with age. The first time I watched it was good. The more I watch it, Big Dog, the better the video is. This year, man, one of the many alter egos of, of course, my good partner, the Big Dog. That video is available on our website at twoguysmike.com. But I got a dog sanity reigns when I watched the This Year Man video. So you finally caught some of the lines. I, these people didn't realize I was making fun of them when I was interviewing them. Are you that? It's that? just... It just gets it gets better with each one. I showed it to my son yesterday, a couple of his friends, by the way. They absolutely loved it. I will be. I will be contacting Crane, Kenny, and the Cubs marketing department, if not today. Tomorrow, we're going to send them that videotape in hopes that maybe you get discovered. Please, please, not. Uh, I, we needed better video. Oh, my goodness, if we would have had it's the right been, part of it. I think, what do you think, David Olson? I think that video, again, the first time, I thought maybe no, but I think that video works. You getting out of the car, putting the hands up. And by the way, we should mention to all the fans out there, particularly the female variety, we remind everybody, that was a pretty tight-fitting outfit you were wearing, Big Dog. It was cold outside. Yes, it was extremely cold. Yes. And I and, and this year, man, does not stuff. Just yes. a reminder. Just throw out that little, the, uh, little asterisk, little caveat. One of the few slash superhero slash mascots that actually does not stuff. <laughs> Me too. Doesn't, Is there a website you can go to, Truth and Advertising, which mascot stuff and which don't? Uh, I, uh, I'm not, but Yosemite Sam, the guy, Oklahoma State's uh, six-year guy, he definitely does not. You can tell, Coach. Yeah, he doesn't stuff, but I guarantee that guy. If you you dig in the background of Yosemite Sam, yeah, there's 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 stuff going on there. That guy well, bothers what, me. Well, what's the the the, the 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 Red Raiders of the Texas Tech has a really cool looking mascot, and he also has the six guns, and he's like a cowboy looking dude too. He's like he's like Tucson, yeah. Texas Tucson Timmy or something like that. <laughs> he's got one of the, one of the yeah. coolest That dude is rough looking, coach. He's actually one of the he's like the, the only like cowboy mascot in all of uh, college football that actually spits chaw while he's out on the yeah. run. <laughs> He looks pretty cool. He did get in trouble about four or five years ago, I want to say, too. A brief moment in time, and he's over it now. But I think he was rubbing himself a little uncomfortably against the Stanford tree when they played the Stanford Cardinal in football. So there's a, there's a past incident with Tucson Tim also. Well, he said uh, they they do that after every single touchdown. And you know that that, that yes. was the Mike Leach offense. <laughs> they scored a lot of points back then. And Stanford was bad. Tucson Tim had a great afternoon, huh? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Linsanity reigns supreme, folks. You want to talk about it? We're right here for you. 888-463-6748. We got the Bulls taking on the Celtics tonight. No Derrick Rose. I have to mention, by the way, the uh, NBA All-Star game. Uh, I love the comment. I forget who it was, but somebody in the Chicago Tribune, uh, when Tom Thibodeau, Thibs, was elected as the All-Star Game coach. And, you know, congratulations to Tom Thibodeau and also Big Dog. Uh, can we throw out some congrats to Lou Waldang, a very deserving first time to the All-Star team? Yeah, yeah, without question. That's one of those, his stats do not exactly tell you what he does because he is, he's, according to uh, NBA TV, I watched these guys the other day, besides LeBron James, take LeBron James out of the equation, uh, Luol Deng is the best two-way forward in the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. Nobody plays defense as well as him. LeBron plays just as well, and then you have, uh, but obviously he's not as good offensively. Luol Deng puts numbers up all over the place, kind of like your guy Landry Fields, but obviously a lot higher numbers. And uh, he seems to play in the clutch. He hits shots like when 
the shot clock is running out, or it seems like the Bulls really haven't had a bucket in a while. Lou Aldang has stepped up. It is great that he's getting recognition for it. It really is, and a great guy, too. But wouldn't you say, and I think we talked about this, through the first 15 games, 20 games, before he got injured, we had talked about this on the show, that if you just forget reputations and you base how valuable a guy is to their team and how well he's playing, again, I'm just talking the first 15 games of the NBA season, Kevin Love was the best player, and Lou Aldang, second best all-around player, first 15 games of the season. You know what? It's hard. Coach, LeBron James, the first 15 games of the season, was shooting like 65% from the field. As much as I do not want to give any credit to him, it was LeBron James. But, you're, but you were right. Lou Altang, the first 15 games of the year, Derrick Rose wasn't the MVP of the Bulls. It was Lou Altang. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know. LeBron James, the first like 20 games of the year, was doing stuff that he was almost averaging the triple-double and he was shooting like two-thirds of his shots were going in. So I, I don't know if I can go that far saying he's the MVP, but I think it's a bold statement just saying that he was just as important as D. Rose was at, at, when yep. the season started out for the Bulls. Yeah, hitting the outside shots, driving to the basket. But the comment that I <laughs> that I loved about Tom Thibodeau, the uh, newspaper writer, says Thibs is probably now breaking down tape of previous sets of offense for the Western Conference All-Star teams. <laughs> yeah, could you... Can you imagine? Well, Luol Deng's like, well, okay, I know I'm a backup, so I guess I won't be playing in the All Star game. All the starters, the All Star game, are like, I'm going to get run into the ground by the coach. But I just like the concept <laughs> and the humor behind that is is the fact that it's probably true. Yes, it is. Knowing Tom, or, or you know what? If it's not true yet, I guarantee a guy like Thibodeau, a day or two before, he's going to be you know breaking down 2008 tape of what the Western Conference sets are and. The extra humorous part about that, Big Dog, is I don't think anybody runs a set in an all-star game, do they? Uh, I would certainly hope they don't. If you do, that would be pretty sad. Come on, yeah. go out there, have fun. Yeah, you know, the coach probably brings out the uh, drawing board, designs a play, but I would love to see the number of times that the play is drawn up in an NBA huddle, and I would love to see the actual execution of that play, because I don't think very seldom do all five guys do what the coach is writing down. That's, I think, when there's uh, 15.8 seconds left in the game and they're down by one. Mm, Maybe a higher percentage, but I would bet it's a surprisingly high time the players still improvise at that point anyways. You know, they've had had a coach for three or four years, same old, same old, okay, coach, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. They listen a little bit, and then they go off and run their own thing. Maybe. Maybe not. By the way, speaking of last-second plays. that That would not surprise me whatsoever, Coach. It wouldn't. Yeah, well, we just need you know the the, uh, the camera in the huddle to show the actual. Someone could probably do it because they've done it before and break down the actual design of the play on the board, and then actually go to the actual play and see if the X's moved to the X spots, or, or you know where the arrow was supposed to go, and then the, the ball is the dotted line, I believe, when you draw the play. Uh huh. Yeah. Thank you very much. By the way, I am going to, you know, the football coach that is kind of. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for when you change things a lot? Not revitalize, but uh, there's a word that's escaped me right now. But the football coach who refuses to punt the ball, onside kicks every time, refuses to receive. I'm going to, what's the word? Reinvent. Thank you. I am going to reinvent basketball defense, Big Doug. I'm going to tell you this in a second here. This is my first winter not coaching, okay, in about over 20 years. I've been able to sit back and observe, and sometimes it helps. 
Yeah, I was I actually, I, I agree with you, completely agree. And you I like relearn what you've done for so many years. Yeah, or just you, you get an outside observation because when you're coaching, you, you're, you're into it, you're wrapped into it. It helps just to take a deep breath, step outside and take a look. And I've come up with, uh, you know, I don't want to over-exaggerate, but I will reinvent the defensive side of basketball here. I've come up with a great theory, but I, want, I will put that out as a tease for a couple of minutes. But speaking of a guy who needs to step outside the box and take a breath of fresh air, how about our good friend Bruce Weber at the University of Illinois? Coach, it's, it's time for the University of Illinois to get a breath of fresh air also. That guy, he's, I'm, oh my goodness, if he, <clears throat> if he grabbed an apple, he would squeeze it so tight that a seed would fly out and kill somebody, yep. okay? He needs to freaking relax. Yep. And, it's, and, and I guess for, for the last four or five years, Illinois' biggest problem is that they've they play like every possession is the end of the world. And they, they seem to get affected in momentum swings big time in their games. And watching the Purdue game last night, and first of all, why does Robbie Hubble kill Illinois? This is, Robbie Hubble, like, he plays Ohio State 0 for 11, plays Illinois, oh, he hits every freaking shot. Rebounds bounce off of people's heads and land in his hands so he can lay him back in. Robbie, I will never have to see Robbie Hubble again. Thank you. Please go away. <laughs> Uh, I hate to tell you, Indianapolis in a couple of weeks, Big Ten tournament. Illinois and Purdue could meet up again, my friend. Uh, yeah, and and for those uh, Purdue detractors out there, warning, beep, 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 warning, warning. Robbie Hummel is beginning, is beginning to look like the player that he was when he got injured uh, a season and a half ago, went through two ACLs. Early in the year, it looked like he's never going to become the same player. He's not quite there yet, Big Doe, but he's getting close. And let me remind you where he was before the two ACL injuries was a top round. I'm not saying lottery pick, but a definitive NBA player. He's getting back to that level, Big Dog, and Purdue could go a long way. Yeah, he, they had him guarding Myers Leonard. Yep. They had him up against a 7-1 and, uh, player, and he did such a good job making sure he was in the right spot to make it difficult for Leonard to get the ball. Eleanor couldn't get him the ball at all. And then when they did get him the ball, they only got it to him when there was five people around. I'm like, oh, they finally get him the ball when he's underneath the backboard. You know, not even anywhere near the hole. It was just it was one of those frustrating games. Eleanor would, you know, make their way back in by great plays by Tracy uh, Abrams or Joey Bertrand, and then they would, they couldn't get a defensive stop all game. And You know, they're not getting any type of fruits. They really don't seem like the players get any better while they're there. I, I am done with Bruce Weber, Coach. <laughs> if you think the development, think about the development of Mike Davis that left after four years. He was worse as a senior. Demetri McCamey, worse as a senior. Mike Tisdale, worse as a senior. Billy Cole improved as he was with Illinois. That was funny because that, uh, that was Bruce Weber's baby. Oh, I got Billy Cole here from out of Peoria, and he's going to be phenomenal. And I saw him like he's a skinny white dude. And then uh, I saw into the Jeremy Lin trap. It's just assuming he couldn't play. But it's time for Bruce Weber or Illinois to get a big time college basketball coach in here. And so at least one out of every three top players out of Chicago decide to come to Champaign instead of one out of every 300. Well, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. And first of all, I do preface it by saying I think uh, Bruce Weber is a good coach. And he's a and he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good man, and I do think he can coach basketball. I do think it's time for a change, you know, for his 
sanity and for the players. Everybody's just wrapped up too tight. But the guy can coach, and he knows the game of basketball. But Big Dog, in his press conference yesterday, I haven't heard it all, but apparently very controversial, not on purpose. But he said some things uh, out of frustration or whatever that, you know, blatantly honest, and he's right. Illinois has players, and where I'm going to disagree with you is that they've finally started to got some of the star players. Some of Chicago's very best coming to Illinois, but it hasn't transcended into victory. He's got, uh, he's got talent. He's got players, but they don't come through when it counts. He mentioned guys like in Purdue, Robbie Hummel and DJ Bird and Lewis Jackson. Oh, I know the comment I was going to, he's got players, but, but they don't make plays. Robbie Hummel, Lewis Jackson, DJ Bird. Uh, he mentioned, uh, uh, the kid from Michigan State, Draymond Green. Those guys make plays. A lot of the Illinois players are talented, but they're not playmakers. Uh, you know, that, that is an issue. And, and this year, you're supposed to be the whole rebuilding year. I didn't believe that going to this year. I was the excited Illinois fan. I'm like, this team is loaded. And uh, that does, that does pretty much sum it up. Well, I just don't, I don't understand why he has some guys on the court and some don't. Joey Bergstein starts going off and is getting shot at will last night. Puts him on the freaking bench. Uh, there was no reason to. He was the only guy scoring. And then, I get, and then late in the game, we need a bucket. They're down two. And he takes out Bertrand in, in substitution. Mm. This is the one guy that actually gets shot. I think that was I'm offense. Not, I'm not about make the shot. He can yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think you saw it right, Big Dog. I hate to I hate to question you, but I, I I think you're. I think that was offense defense. I think offense down the stretch, final five minutes. I think Bertrand was in every minute. Well, no, the, late there was the last possession of the game. Joey Bertrand was not in the game. When it was sixty-four to sixty-two, he was not in the basketball. Oh, speaking of no, that, no, by the way, the what the hell? Speaking of diagramming plays, oh, yeah, no, and, eleven and seconds left, and you need a three. Eleven seconds. And Brandon Paul quickly goes in the corner, gets the handoff, and shoots a fallaway double player contested three pointer with nine seconds on the clock. And and number seven was not on the court on that play, Coach. See, he wasn't. Well, at that point, they needed a three pointer. Bertrand's not a three point shooter. Yeah, it was sixty five, sixty two. Yeah. So, but I'd still rather have him on the court at eleven seconds. Maybe he goes to the flash to the hole, and you get a layup at sixty five, sixty four with eight seconds to go. See, he's and I, I agree with I you though. That, Bertrand's a playmaker. And, and another positive, and any college hoops fans out there, we're getting a little down and dirty on the hardcore here. Big Dog and the coach breaking it down, 888-463-6748. Feel free to join the discussion, 888-463-6748. Bertrand, only a sophomore, he looks like a playmaker. And the biggest positive out of last night, Big Dog, is you've got yourself a point guard for the next three years, Tracy Abrams. Is not yeah. going to go. He's not good enough. He's not going to leave for the NBA. He's going to be here for three more years, and he's going to be a real solid playmaking point guard for you for the next three years. Uh, you, you know what, Coach? I, he, you're exactly right. He's never going to be an NBA guard. I know Mateen Cleaves was drafted, but there is a you get those guys like a Mateen Cleaves that just take advantage of all four yep. years in college. Yep. Uh, if Tracy Abrams can have that Mateen Cleaves like type mentality. He could be the point guard of a Big Ten championship Final Four team if you want, and that's it's a pretty good basketball mm-hmm. career if you do something like that. Yeah, so. you can tell he's got that. Uh, it's he doesn't have what DJ Richardson, Brandon Paul, Leonard Myers have that that little deer in the headlight. Look, I hate to criticize those guys because they're good guys, but they're just not necessarily playmakers down the stretch. Tracy Abrams looks like he has that in him, and again, he's only he's a true freshman playing the point guard spot. So. Uh, hey, well, 
thing about it, there was a time where there was it was uh, they really needed a quick bucket, and for some reason there was, they couldn't get a shot off. All of a sudden, Abrams has the ball with about eight seconds to go in a shot clock, and he's at the top of the key, and nobody is cutting. And instead of just chucking up a three, he put his head down and just drove to the hole, coach, made some body contact, threw the ball yep. up, and, and, and got a bucket. A lot of people, a freshman, oh, no, the shot clock's going down, and they would just chucked up the ball. <laughs> and he was like, all right, well, my best decision would be to, to mm-hmm. drive to the hoop, and that's what he did. I love this note, by the way, before I reinvent the defensive game of basketball. I love this quote back to the NBA. I got a kick out of this one. little note in the NBA news and notes. Lakers coach Mike Brown and forward Meta World Peace. That's Ron Artest's new name, right? Uh, met after Tuesday's shoot-around to address recent media reports that there's a rift between World Peace and the coaching staff. And the headline to the article is Potential Rift Between World Peace and Coaching Staff, Big Dog. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, you, you could have more fun with his name in headlines than I think. You, how do we combine Lynn's sanity and World Peace for your all-NBA headline? Or how about World world Peace upset with take, being taken out of game? Uh, or... or uh... Uh, but I, I'm not sure. Lost in New York drives world peace to insanity. I, I just like that. World, world peace and the coaching staff are meeting later this afternoon, Big Doug, in case you were wondering. All right. Now, I'm watching basketball games, and I'm watching teams play defense. And, you know, they switch defenses from man to man, and then, you know, they come out in a 1-3-1. Yeah. And maybe they'll, you know, go 1-3-1 one, one trap. Or switch to a one-two-two. I've always liked teams that change defenses. I've always thought, oh, you're you're keeping the offense off balance. You know, three yeah. possessions, man to man. You come back the next time out of a timeout. You switch. Well, you know what? Players today, and I'm talking at the high school level through pro, are much more sophisticated offensively. When you switch to defense, there's a surprise factor, but not that much. So my question to you is, I, with my next team that I coach, I'm going to reinvent the game of basketball here on the defensive side. Instead of one possession man-to-man, the next possession zone defense, Big Doug, what we need to do, call it the amoeba, call it the freak, call it the twirl, the swirl. i got to come up with a name for it. But we need to change the defense within the possession. Now, how that's done will be a little complicated. you got to have a system of communication, but not that complicated. It can be done, and that will confuse the highly gifted offensive players today who start out playing third grade, you know, playing travel basketball. These kids are good. Change the defense within each and every possession. Your thoughts as, again, I recreate the defensive game of basketball. No, I, I, I like the idea, Coach. I, I really do. And uh, the way I, I envisioned it, I can see, like, <laughs> definitely there'll be some times where, like, like somebody is in man and should have been in zone and you get a layup or whatever. But I, I like the idea of just confusing somebody else and just when you get people really thinking when they're playing, yes. you don't want that. Yeah. And if you can coach your team up to make it a reaction, yep. like like when the Bulls, like when they first learned the triangle and they were horrible at it, mm-hmm. and then after about uh, you know playing it up, they just reacted and they knew exactly where they were supposed to run to depending on where the other nine guys on the court were. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you do this two-thirds of the season, all of a sudden when you guys – when you're when uh, whoever you're coaching has it down, oh no, you're switching at the right time. And all of a sudden, you have another team thinking like, "What are they in? Are they, did they switch again? Did they not switch?" 
think, on the basketball court. Most teams have a specific zone offense and approach to beating a zone, and then there's a totally, or if not totally, a significantly different approach to beating man-to-man. If you mix it up within the possession, start out in the 1-3-1 trap, on whatever signal you have, on the third pass, you match up and you go man-to-man. And maybe on the fourth pass after that, if it's reversed above the top of the key, you go back to zone. Totally mess up team. They, what, 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 you know what will happen, dog, is then that will in turn, after my defense becomes famous, that will in turn change the way teams approach offense. Because you'll have to have an all-purpose offense, not a zone offense or a man-to-man offense. Well, I, I hope you do implement this. Now, I, besides uh, knowing when to switch, and I know you're like, oh, it's no problem. They'll know what they're at. You rebound differently whether you're in zone or in man-to-man as yep. a defensive team. Yep. You're going to have to. That's going to be another obstacle that these kids are going to have to get a, uh, a brain cramp out. Good point. During, good point. Uh, during the rebounding version of it. Mm-hmm. And if it's as good as you say it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of rebounds in the, in the mm-hmm. defense. So you don't want to be a good rebounding team. That's a good point. Now what about, and I'm not even sure I believe this, but again, we're going to go with the outside-the-box football coach, uh, like the guy in Little Rock, Arkansas, completely Changes conventional thinking, and it's working for him. Three state championships, onside kick every time, refuse to punt. What about on rebounding? If you were to teach the kids, forget about boxing out. Don't box, you know, forget about the fundamentals of boxing out. When that shot is up, I don't care what defense we're in, there's one thing I want you to do. Jump and go get the ball. Don't worry about boxing up. Get the ball. Yeah, just be a playmaker. Play the ball, not the other person. And again, I prefaced it by saying I'm not even sure I believe it, but there is that theory that we emphasize the fundamental box out too much. Just go get the ball. Don't worry about boxing out. Well, if you box out properly, you won't even have to jump. The ball will just come right to you. That's it? true. That is true. All right. I'll get off my high horse now. I enjoy being on the high horse, Big Doug, although a couple of weeks ago I did get a rash from too much time on the high horse. But the producer David Olson gave me some ointment, and I'm feeling much better at this point. It's good to know. It was more of a salve. Yeah, but it was a good salve. But uh, well, you you've been up on a high horse a few times, Big Dog. Don't kid yourself. I I get there all the time. That's my that's my goal of the show is by ten forty five be on a high horse. But your skin is a little more moist than me, so you don't get the you know as you age. Trust me, too much time on the high horse, you'll you'll start getting rashes. Uh, I got to be honest with you, Coach. My skin is so dry that like I'll bump into something and start bleeding. Wow. I, I gotta put so much moisture on; it's ridiculous. <laughs> do you, like take baths and the stuff. Do you use any particular formula you could recommend to our two guys and the mic listeners? Well, uh, yeah, there's. I, I like to go with the, the more expensive stuff because you know you only have one skin. So I usually go a lot with the Neutrogena. Mm-hmm. Right now, I got a good deal on the Saint Ives. It's uh, wow. the hydrating vitamin E stuff. Neutrogena. Really, I, like I haven't heard Neutrogena uh, mentioned in a long time. I used I, like when when everybody's like watching football like in the room like you like fifteen guys sitting around the the house drinking get I, I like to like, get in my bikini briefs and walk and stand right in front of them and <laughs> apply it. I mean, it's my house and they, 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 they don't like that too much. Yeah, especially when you bring out your uh, can of Neutrozema cream, then it's uh that's a little worrisome. <laughs> that's a little worrisome. Oh, by the way, I got another basketball note I wanted to bring up with you. Feel free to interrupt me at any time, Big Dog. I got things I got to get off my basketball chest here, but if you got stuff written down, I want to get to our meeting we had yesterday and a future appearance is coming up. Very, very exciting. I have not had a chance to tell our producer extraordinaire, David Olson, because I had a little uh, trouble getting into the show today. I had about, what, about 25 seconds of pre-prep. But uh, 
Can I go to one other basketball note, Doug? Yeah, one other basketball note. All right. Um, and that is my admiration now for the point guard play in the NBA. And I was going to throw out to you, has there ever been a generation, ever been a time when we've had more good, young, talented point guards than currently in the NBA? Can I throw some names out to you? No, no, I don't, yeah, throw out today's names, Coach, because you know I can start throwing out the old-time names. I'll be more than happy. But, but, but this is all for one generation. First of all, I saw, I think, I think it was NESPN, top five point guards right now in the NBA. Chris Paul, Derek Rose, Rajon Rondo, Darren Williams, Russell Westbrook. Most of them are young. Darren Williams is the veteran in that group, but those are the top five. But what about young point guards? And not only good and talented, but exciting to watch. Kyrie Irving. The rookie had a duke. He's been tremendous. Brandon Jennings from Milwaukee, my guy. My guy, via Spain, Ricky Rubio. Jeremy Lin goes on that list. Jeff Teague, underrated from the Atlanta Hawks. John Wall, playing on a bad Washington Wizard team, but incredibly talented. Maybe I missed a few others, Big Dog, and let us not forget in college. Probably coming out next year could be another great one. That's Austin Rivers. I can't remember a time when we've had better, more exciting point guard play than right now. No, no, you're exactly right. It, it absolutely is. And, and uh, we have these great, great young point guards. Uh, where the, where the, you just named nine of them, Coach, okay? Don't forget, there's Tony Parker. There's Jason Kidd. There's Steve Nash. Like, there's still, like, a, so you're right. The, the future of point guard is awesome. But also, right now, we also have a handful of the greatest point guards that, that have ever played the game that are going to be retiring soon. So it's a really cool time for point guards. In the years of the 2000s, there wasn't a lot of great point guard play. If you think about it, it was after the Jordan year, and it seemed like everybody wanted to be an off guard that was six foot tall. You know, nobody was a point guard anymore. It was like Jason Kidd was the only point guard, and made, and him and Tony Parker and all of eight basketball. Him and Chauncey Bills was even kind of like an off guard. In the 90s, it wasn't like the era of the point guard. If you really think about it, that was like one of the worst eras ever. And then in the 80s, oh my goodness, Isaiah. Stockton. Well, Stockton was in the 90s, too, obviously. Uh, Stockton, Isaiah, Magic. Uh, you got Dennis Johnson, who was just it was just fu- fundamentally sound and underrated. Fat Lever, a Denver. So, Coach, that was a, that was a great year. In the 70s, you know, you had that, like, the end of Oscar Robertson, uh, Nate Tiny Archibald. But you're, you're right. Right now is the greatest era in the history of point guards. It is. Yeah, Best yeah. point guards ever are playing basketball right now. Derrick Rose, I mean, come on. Derrick Rose isn't even, it's just amazing how good the point guards are right now. Every once in a while, David, um, Big Dog will bring up a name that, like, in the 10 years working together, has never been mentioned. And I always, like, it's a guy that I've forgotten. I always appreciate it. My day has been made. This show is a success. Whatever happens from here because of the mention of ex-Denver guard Lafayette Fat Lever. Thank you very much. He was. Wasn't he a good player, Coach? It's 15 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, <laughs> 4 steals, and a block. You know what I mean? That was like what Fat Lever did. He just went out Fats. there every game, and I, I love we that got, guy. we got to find out what Fats Lever is doing these days and see if we can get him on the air. You know who's another good point guard of the 80s that I didn't mention? John Paxson's brother, Jimmy Paxson of the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. He was like an all-star like five years in a row. Yep. That guy could dish it out. He could play. But still, no, that Jim Paxson does not even touch the top five point guards that we have in the NBA right now. Sorry, Jim. So. Well, if you were if you were starting a franchise now, okay, 
uh, currently. So you got to think about the future as well. And you're picking your point guards. You go Derrick Rose first? Yes, Coach, because I, I do know your fear is a fear of injury. And let's, I let's, do I'll tell you what. Let's, let's do this. A higher level than most, but let's do this. We're going to have, you know how they're, they're having a draft. Was it yesterday, David, where the freshmen and sophomores were split up? Uh-huh. Barkley and Shaq drafted the team, right? And just like yeah, NHL. They they've already done it? I think they did. Okay. I think I they did. And by the way, I want to ask you, well, we'll throw it out there right now. An interesting controversy point with Jeremy Lin. Should he be named against the rules technically, but should he be a late entry? to the Frost Soft All-Star Game, or some people are suggesting should he be in the All-Star Game himself. I have strong thoughts no. on both of those, but your thoughts, Big Duck? Absolutely not the All-Star Game. I, I hate to tell you, people, I know he's a sensation, and we all, we all love the story. You have to earn your way into the All-Star Game, and he wouldn't have done it by now. And let's remind everybody, he has set the record for most turnovers in a five-game period. Okay. So, what about Frost Soft? Yep. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, Amanda. Why has David Stern not come in and been like, you know what? Hey, let's. This is for the fans. Let's get Jeremy Lin in here, and let's get somebody else too. So, who, who, with the next great freshman or sophomore that deserves to be in this game, there's got to be instead of 18. Why can't we make it 20? I, I said I had strong opinions on both of them. Big dog. The two of us have been working together way too long. We used to have more confrontation. We're starting to think alike. That's exactly where I was going. Strongly against. Putting him in the All-Star game, you stated the reasons strongly for. There should be no indecision. Oh, should we put him in? It's against the rules. We're breaking. Break the damn rules. There's always time for an exception. No question about it. Jeremy Lin should be in the Frost Soft All-Star game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Are you worried, by the way, that we're starting to think a lot, a lot? Uh, Coach, trust me, there's still, no, there's still, we we definitely, I was thinking about that today. We still have many different. Okay. Way many. Way many. Right. You get under my skin so much. It's, there's no way we're thinking alike. A lot of my friends, if we have, we have arguments and two or three times in a row they agree with me, they start to second think themselves. So it's nice to know you're still, uh, you're still on my side, big dog. Cause I got, a, I got a lot of weird thoughts, including reinventing the game of basketball. No, no, I, I like that idea, coach. I really do like that idea. All right. Thank you so. very much. All right. I got some news and notes, titillating tidbits to throw out at you, but big dog, you got anything on your plate? I want to, uh, Give you an opportunity to uh, spread the truth, if you will. Well, well, Coach, uh, just to let you know, when I was uh, 14 years old, instead of actually doing homework in study hall, I, w- I would actually come up with – and I knew you always say, oh, you couldn't be a coach. You're not organized enough. Well, when I was 14, I came up with a whole offensive playbook and defensive playbook. and I came Football up with or basketball? Football. Football. And okay. I came up with a new defensive scheme for football. Basically, it was an eight-man front, which is very risky, saying, like, you won't be able to run against us. But I put two defensive, like, safety types playing linebacker, and I protected them in a certain way. Okay? I showed this to my football coach at the time, Pete Ventrilli. He's like, he's like, Joel, it's actually really good. He's like, this is he's, – and he, and he started showing me, like, where the holes would be. And I explained those guys would have more speed, and that's why – and he was like, wow, this is actually really, really good. And I'm not kidding you right now in defense, uh, Texas – Christian University, who have some issues with their football linebackers. By the way, these same guys that I'm talking about. Did you hear this story, Coach? At Texas, yes, Carson? yes. We'll get to that in a second. But they play exactly the same defense. It's a, well, it's a basically it's either like a three-five or a five-three. It's an eight-man front, but there's a bunch of small linebackers all over the field that are really like strong safeties. 
I was going to say, if you got eight guys up front, and then like you said, you play two safeties. Well, well, well no, 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 no. You're not, you're not, coach. Oh, really two, what I was saying. two of the two eight. The guys up front are more safeties than they are linebackers. Okay, I got you. So, so there's more people towards the line of scrimmage, but more, there's a lot more speed in this defense. So you, you confuse people in blocking, but they, you would really have to have a good, good, strong defensive line in order to protect all the speed behind the, 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 the front three guys that are protect them. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm with you. I understand this whole you come up with a new thing that nobody's ever thought of, and you're trying okay. to figure out like the holes. So I, I, I got to go find this stuff because I haven't buried it somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right, you write the football book. I'll write the basketball book, and together we'll uh, see if we can sell a dozen books. Okay, sounds good. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big dog and a coach at your service here on the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Quick titillating tidbits, news and notes. Big dog Monday night football. Makes a little change in the announcing booth. They're going with just John Gruden and Mike Tarico, Ron Jaworski. Still part of the team, but not the Monday night football team. It'll be a two-man booth. You know, uh, I think the reason why is Ron Jaworski is just too football analytical. I was like, seriously. It's like a team's winning by 35 points, and on Monday night football, we, Sunday night is a good game. Monday night's a blowout every single week. We, we know this. When the team's winning by 35, we don't care that the, the tackle was able to get a little leverage on the guard, and that's why we don't care about it. Sometimes you just got to go and start making fun of people and have a good time. And, and Gruden does a good job of realizing, you know, we, it's no longer time to talk all this technicalities of football. Mm-hmm. We got to actually have some fun in this game. And that's why he's gone, Coach. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's no other reason, but that's got to be it. I, will, I agree with that, and that's why I don't like Bobby Knight as a color announcer either. But I will tell you, when you uh, away from the game, when they show like a breakdown of a quarterback situation or offense defense, Ron Jaworski, when he starts X and an O in a little bit, he can explain it and break it down to the fans like us. I think again, out of the game announcing booth in like studio, you know how they do those little segments on ESPN. I think he uh-huh. does it as well, as good as anybody's ever done. He's he's tremendous, coach. Yes, yes, he's you're exactly right. He does it perfectly. He breaks it down. Do you really need that in your telecast? No, I agree. Because 85% of the people could care less why a guy is wide open. Seriously. I don't know. They don't take care less. They just, oh, okay, what happened? All right, let's get back to me drooling on myself as I don't even think as I watch television. <laughs> uh, well, seriously, when people don't want to think when they're watching TV most of the time. You. I hear you. It's like watching Bobby Knight, who obviously knows the game of basketball, but... You know, oh, a great comeback from 14 points down. A what a shot from three point land, Bobby. What do you think? Well, if they you were notice, able to make the... this comeback yeah. because they were put pressure on the ball before the timeline. <laughs> if you when notice, you number this. number 21. He doesn't even know the guy's name. Coming off the double screen, the staggered pick is what the. Come on, Bobby. This, this has been a it... consistent. Three t- three possessions in a row, and they have not changed. Yeah. So we'll, we will we'll look forward with much anticipation <laughs> if, they, if they change this. Yeah, at least at least pretend like you're enjoying what you're doing, Bob, because a lot of people would like to be in that spot. All right. Uh, again, our phone lines here, 888-463-6748. David, I'm hearing tapping on the other side of the line uh, the last couple of days. Is it possible the big dog with his new government job, is it possible people are listening to this program? Possibly. So I should be careful what we say. Possibly. All right. Are you hearing the clicking, Big Dog? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I've been uh, 
be an eavesdrop on for the last, the last two months or so. Okay. All right. Well, and, I, and I think it's by a law firm that I owe uh, money to. And I'm serious. Uh-oh. I've been getting harassed by these people, like, unbelievably. Uh-oh. Be careful. It's like, right, right when I hang the phone up, they they phone call. Somebody sends me a text message, and immediately after, I get a phone call. Interesting. If I answer the text message, if I answer the phone immediately, right when I get up, if I make a phone call, right when I hang up, immediately I'll get a phone call from them. Sounds like Saying, paranor- paranormal activity. You, know, you owe us $187,000. I don't even have a job. You think I won't pay you that back? Seriously. So, Interesting. Have you, like uh, Mitt Romney and Rick Santorum, you're a bit of a public figure now, have you released your tax returns the last five years, Big Dumb? Um, Publicly. Pretty embarrassing, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not not too much in there that people will get upset with, huh? No, no, I I didn't make any money, Coach. Okay. So. All right. I'm David Olson, I'm putting it right out there up front. If we get any calls, uh, you know, for releasing my tax return, I'll be happy to do that from 2007 to the current. Rick Santorum just released his tax return. It's like some big thing now to see these guys. I don't think candidates should have to release their tax returns. It's private information. Do. We don't need to know that. Yeah, yeah, we should know everything about these people. Yeah. They are going to be the president of the United States. We should know every single conversation they have with major leaders of corporations, uh, the mob, everybody that they speak to and make a deal with, we should know. The mob. Oh, oh yeah, right. It doesn't exist. I forgot that. They were, they were wiped out by the Kennedys <laughs> in the early 60s. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, never get the big dog talking about the mob when you got 13 minutes left in the show. I've learned I learned that a long time ago. How about big dog as we move along on our titillating tidbits, news and notes here? The Chicago Blackhawks trying to break a, break a nine-game losing streak. They're trying to do it in New York amidst the Lynn sanity. Who knows? Jeremy Lynn might be at the Rangers game. The New York Rangers, by the way, in first place. In the NHL, whatever division they're in, nobody's even talking about it. New York. They even forgot the New York Giants. Football Super Bowl is old history now that Lynn Sanity has taken over. But yeah, bottom line is the Hawks take on the Rangers. <laughs> the Giants win the Super Bowl, nobody cares. You know, it's funny you said it, though, but I've always heard that uh, New York is obviously a baseball town. That whole state is a baseball state because we invented baseball. You fly over New York and you're like, all it is is baseball fields. But the Knicks are like the like a beloved team in that city because it's the only uh, sport that only has one New York team in it. Suppose I know that like, the New York Jersey Nets they don't consider that. So it's like like the Knicks are beloved, coach. So you get the like half the fans are Giants fans, the other half are Jets. Well, the Jets fans are extremely happy that they're not talking about the Giants anymore. So that uh, and the, and those guys are all Knicks fans, and I think that has something to do with that has a lot to do with the coach. Well, think about it. if the Jets, if the Giants don't win the Super Bowl, the Jets fans might not want to jump on to somebody so quick. They're, they're, didn't you see where I'm getting at with that? I do. If you're a Jet fan, you're like, oh, thank God, Jeremy Linsher. I don't have to hear yep. about how great Eli Manning yep. is. And he can't even talk. Yeah. You know? Nobody, nobody cares about Eli anymore. More importantly, though, Big Dog, our Blackhawks have lost nine consecutive games. They're taking on the Rangers. The Joel Keenville, he's tried every motivational technique he can. We have some inclination. There's at very least Blackhawk assistant coaches do listen to this program. Give me a little big dog. If you could talk to the team right now, dog, nine losses in a row at New York, what would the big dog say to the Blackhawk hockey players? First of all, you're paid professionals. So no matter how bad it gets, I don't care if you lose every single game the rest of the season and it's the last game, 
you're putting your butt off to try to win it. And number two, you know how you win hockey games? By being physical and hitting somebody. So if you're on defense and somebody crosses your face, put a body on them. Uh, don't act like if you touch somebody, you're going to get hurt. And, and, and if you make $36 million over six years, it's supposed to be because you're supposed to play 82 games a year as hard as you can, not, you know, just coast through it and just cash your check every single week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned Kane. yesterday, who did you, you uh, Patrick Kane, and there was another. Oh, I, uh, the, my, my diehard uh, Hawk fan right now, I mean, I, it's, I, it's, they're crazy over Patrick Kane. I, I, I haven't watched enough Hawk games. But they are basically saying, like, imagine a guy who hits, like, a pop-up and looks up and just walks back to the dugout. And I'm like, what, he doesn't even jog? Him? No, forget the jog. He hits the pop and just walks right back. That's, that's, uh, that's basically what they were telling me. That's how Patrick Kane is playing right now. Well, we, we mentioned a few names yesterday. Big contracts, and they bottomed out. Jake. Duncan Keith was the other Duncan one. Keith. Yeah, yeah, Dun- yeah, and Duncan Keith. And people don't get Duncan Keith because he was always, like, the tough guy. And he's not hitting anybody. He's got the lowest plus-minus rating of anybody, any team in – NHL, of any player in the NHL that is not on the team below 500. And there's only three teams in the NHL not below 500. Us Chicago Bull fans have a name for uh, what Kane and Duncan Keith have gone through. It's a little bit cruel. You could put uh, possibly a Jake Peavy in that category. I'm sure there's a few others we could think about. We call it uh, BWD. BWD, it's it's called Ben Wallace disease. But I never got Ben Wallace, Coach. How come when, okay, he got the money when he comes to the Bulls and he didn't play after he got the money. Okay, we, we all understand. Okay, he got fat. Well, then they trade his, his butt to Cleveland so we can get Drew Gooden and he goes to Cleveland and he plays his butt off. Why did he do nothing in Chicago for, mm, for a year and a half? I can't answer the first, but, but I can disagree with the second. I don't think when he got traded, he, he, he wasn't any good in Cleveland either. They went to the finals. Yeah, they had LeBron. Uh, you know, you're exactly right. They had LeBron. I mean, that the Cleveland is never going to go to the finals again in basketball until LeBron decides to come back from Miami and go there. So, Or unless uh, you get a revitalized Ben Wallace. This is true. And <laughs> he's still in the NBA somewhere. Yeah. But he, well, I agree that Cleveland Ben Wallace was not as good as 2004 Detroit Ben Wallace. I, I'm not saying that. Well. But he played a lot harder in Cleveland than he ever did in Chicago. But my point was the poster boy here in Chicago for the big contract and then all of a sudden not play as hard and get disappointed has to be Ben Wallace. Did yeah, he? I guess so. Yeah, classic example. All right, uh, 888-463-6748. Be careful if you do call in. Be careful what you divulge because I do believe we have government officials, possibly the big dogs, insurance company listening into the conversation. So do be careful. Yes, David. Have you heard the rumor floating around Uh that Uh the Cubs could possibly be playing the 2013 season at U.S. Cellular? Yeah, and that rumor started three days ago. And uh, 2.999 days ago, the Cubs came out being like, that's laughable. That's a complete and utter rumor. There's no truth to that whatsoever. The Cubs have a plan to to refurbish Wrigley Field and – they will have to play no games anywhere else. They they are not going to leave. Is the there any truth to the rumor that the 2014, no 13, Chicago Cubs, uh, because of their rebuilding, they feel that they really won't be competitive. Are going to take a year off of Major League Baseball, and the Schaumburg Flyers will be taking their place. Any truth to that rumor? No, there is truth to that one. 
But the Schomburg Flyers are now defunct. So that no, oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The Schomburg Boomers. Are you not aware they're back? The Boomers are back, huh? Oh, big dog. You, come on. This is. The, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah, you been, you should be sorry. I, I, I've, been, I've been swept up in, uh, in the whole people <laughs> mania. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on your website and check it out. They've, I, I guarantee for a baseball fan like yourself, they've wasted probably a couple million dollars of marketing their team in the offseason, and you're not even aware they exist. How, yes, I had no I idea. can't imagine the disappointment of the Schaumburg Boomer Marketing Department. By the way, a boomer is a some kind of chicken, so it's not your typical boomer. They have a specific logo. It's a, it's a particular kind of chicken. I have to get more details on it, but... Big Dog, I'm disappointed and, quite frankly, a little insulted. You are not aware Schaumburg has reassembled their team. The only the only new baseball team that I was aware of is there's a, a baseball team in Canada, obviously a southern Canadian team, and uh, their nickname is the Rippers. And they have, like, a guy with a hat, and he looks like Jack the Ripper, and a bunch of, like, women groups are protesting, saying you shouldn't name us. Uh, uh, your team after Jack the Ripper, and the, and the guys like it's not about a, a murderer of hookers in 1880 England. It's about people can rip wine drives, but nobody believes them because the guy has like a overcoat jacket, one of those creepy looking hats, and he's holding a knife. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to be able to get away with the fact that he says <laughs> about it. a guy who's <laughs> it's, it's like dark with a mustache. You know what I'm saying? You can picture the evil like face I'm talking about. I hope so. Yeah, no, you want you want. Uh, it's not a bad nickname actually for a baseball team, but get like a baseball bat with a ball exploding off it. Yeah, something that, like that. Yeah, that would be good. And then whatever you do, I don't care how talented the guy is, don't pick up anybody on the team whose first name is Jack, because that would be problematic. I guess this is point. See, a hundred and thirty years still too soon. Too soon. No question about it. All right, and I like that speech, by the way. Uh, going back a couple of minutes ago, I think that's exactly what the Blackhawks need to hear as they try to break a nine-game losing streak out in New York. Big dog. Any other uh, baseball news? Pitchers and catchers reporting this weekend. I don't really don't have any major news and notes um, down on my pitchers and catchers report, but any baseball happenings that our morning break, morning break our two guys in a mic fans should be aware of uh recently the last couple of days there has not been any transactions a baseball coach and uh it's sad to say i i do i not only do i tape uh, the highly questionable show with dan levitard and watch it every day i watch the hot stove replay every single day just in case i can hear some news that the cubs are actually going to like sign the reincarnation of babe ruth or something like that <laughs> yeah but get, it hasn't happened yet this uh, offseason, Coach. They're, they're was, still going to suck. I was waiting. I thought maybe you had something for me. Yeah, they got, they got Mickey Mantle, and it's 1956, so it's mm. pretty good for, for the All show. right. Well, wait till next year. And, uh, again, we encourage our fans to go and uh, check out the video of this year, man, on our website. It's twoguysmike.com. It's the number two. Don't spell it out. Two guys, Mike, and it's M-I-C. Some great video footage of the big dog at the White Sox convention and let us just say, Big Dog, that's not the last we're going to see of this year, man. No, and next time we're going to, we're going to have the right camera for the right lighting, and next time he sees Ed, uh, uh, Jerry, I almost said Eddie Einhorn. I'm not kidding you. I swear to you, I almost called Jerry Reinsdorf Eddie Einhorn. That's how in the that's how in the past I sometimes lift coach. It's been 31 years since he owned the team. Okay. Very so, good. I hate to disappoint you, by the way. We threw out the question uh, via our Facebook page, Dog Sanity. 
or Linsanity, you make the call in the uh, early surveys that have come back, Big Dog. Hate to disappoint uh-huh. you, but you're way behind. Uh, quite simply, if you know the listenership that listens because of me, there was no chance that Linsanity was not going to win, Coach. Yep. Let's face it. Yep. Hard, hard to compete with an international sensation, but uh, you did get one vote, and it was for me. I voted for myself, too. Oh. Yeah, maybe all the votes aren't registering. Uh, <laughs> and we should mention, uh, Big Dog, uh, March Madness, brackets and bubbles and conference tournaments, all that good stuff coming up, David Olson. So we did have a nice meeting with the general manager, Mr. Dorian, over at the Playbook Sports Bar, just an absolutely gorgeous, fairly brand-new sports bar out there. And, Dog, we're going to do a couple of uh, March Madness basketball appearances live and in studio. I'm proud of you, and I expect great things from you. Uh, well, don't, if you don't expect much, you'll get a lot. <laughs> Is that what it says on the business card? Yes, it does, Coach. All right. Well, we'll have more details on that, but a couple of live appearances from the coach and the big dog, including, including Dog Championship Monday, right? Yes, we'll be there Championship Monday, which is going to be awfully rough for me. We'll just open it at baseball, by the way. Ooh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Well, we can combine the two. We shall. We can combine. I haven't looked at the schedule yet. Is that actually the actual opening day, or I think? Uh, since I've been alive, yes. No, I think, don't they have a game on Sunday? Well, they, they, I mean opening day. I'm not talking about like the Sunday okay. night game where okay. it's the A's taking on the Red Sox. All right. You know, I'm, All right. opening day. we got to wrap it up again tomorrow, Big Dog. I think we're over it, but it'll be tough again because uh, it's a football. It's, it's a Friday tomorrow, but not a football Friday as we kind of wean ourselves off of football. But we'll uh, talk some sports, have some more fun tomorrow, okay? Yes, Coach. See you later. <laughs> All right. Big Dog and a Coach back at you at, 11, at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. We much, much appreciate each and every one of you out there that take the brave step and tune into the two guys at a mic show. For the Coach, for the Big Dog, producer extraordinaire David Olson. Have a great day out there. TalkZone.com on a sign-off.